Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Father-Son Packers podcast, your source for Packers news, notes, and analysis. My name is Tommy, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, my dad, Matt. Dad, that sucked, huh? Yeah. And listeners, we feel your pain. We understand. That that was that was rough. It's rough to think about it and talk about it. Yep. So uh I've I've been screaming about it for days now, about how So here's the thing. Here are my here is my dichotomy. In a in the off season pods, we can talk about optimism and how exciting this group can be going forward and how you know it's the youngest team in the league, youngest team to ever win a playoff game. But when we're doing the post-game pod, they blew this game. They had it, and they blew it. They totally let them off the hook. They had an over 80% chance of winning in the fourth quarter, and they just threw the game away. And that's how I feel about it. In a week or two, when we're talking about offseason, when we're talking about the draft, when we're talking about looking forward to next season, I'm going to be able to be optimistic about this season. But right now, they should have had them. And they did have them. And I'm really pissed about it. I'm really, 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 really pissed about it. Because yeah, listeners, I mean, this is a season. I have, I just want to, I have a special connection to 40, the 49ers. I grew up in the Bay Area. Almost all of my friends are 49ers fans. I've had to watch us lose to them in the playoffs five times in a row. Sorry, I've watched, I've had to watch us lose to them in the playoffs five times in a row. We had them dead to rights. Dead to rights in the fourth quarter, you're up a touchdown. You're at the opponent's 22 with seven minutes left, and the ball, first and 10, you had them, and you let them off the hook, and I'm pissed. Dad, go ahead. Yeah, I mean, this is going to be one of those where it's going to take a little distance in time to feel better about the year. I think to use some, like, you know, green and gold tinted glasses, we'll say, well, you know, they're so young they haven't learned how to what process you need to do to stay tight and get everything done the way you're supposed to to win the game that they're going to be better at that by next year i mean yeah this is one of the youngest teams ever this was the youngest team to ever win a playoff game right so since they whatever went back to tracking since they started it keeping and- track of it whatever be, be, back before they actually knew people's birthdays you know Thousands of years ago. Uh, apparently. Who knows why they weren't tracking it before <laughs> then, but whatever. Um, but, Will, you know, I, I still think, even though this sucked in the moment, that I'm going to keep my optimism for the future, even though this sucked in the moment. That's that's the way I'm processing this game. Yeah, I'm not as optimistic. I'm I'm seething uh, I've, about I've, this game. I've seen, I've seen some of your notes. Yeah. Um, but but I'm, so, I'm choosing... I'm choosing to yes, look the, for the, future, the optimism. So yes, the future, you know, is very bright in terms of, you know, I would say, it, like, the team has a lot of room for growth, and the team is very young and has a lot of guys who are talented. But the the history of the NFL, I, I am going to go to... I, I have a negative. You, you, spiel you, you, you want to go on. through that, 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 little, uh, that little spiel now? You the ready? The history of the NFL is littered with teams that thought they would get back or that thought they would get another chance at it or that thought they were building to something. The 2016 Cowboys that lost to the Packers, you know, they were the number one seed. They had a rookie Dak Prescott. They had a great offensive line. They had really good, they had a really good roster. They were feeling great. They were like, oh, it can only get better from here. That was their best chance. They have not, that might have been their last chance. They, they, they might never get that close again. The 2017 Jaguars make the AFC Championship game. They're a play away from beating the Patriots. A play away from making the Super Bowl. Fell apart after that. Never made it close again. And just last year, I bet the Jaguars last year, you know, they beat, this, they beat the Chargers in the playoffs. They, you know, they give the Chiefs a run for their money in the second round. And they're like, oh, only up from here. They missed the playoffs this year. You got to capitalize on these opportunities, man. And I know in like a month or two, I'll be like, yes, I'm, I, I'm, and even right now, I'm really excited for the future of this team. And I'm really excited for the future of Jordan Love. But these opportunities do not come along very often where you have a team in the divisional round. You have an 85% chance of winning in the fourth quarter. And I actually went back and looked at it. Um, so on Saturday, the Packers had an 83.8% chance of winning in the fourth quarter with the ball. So that's according to NFL Fast R. And so they have data back to 1999 play-by-data. So I look back all the way to there. 
And using that data, I went in and found every single game that fit the criteria the Packers had on Saturday, where it's a divisional round game or later, and you had at least an 83.8% chance of winning in the fourth quarter with the ball. So, and I was looking at essentially quarterback team pairings. So like, you know, Peyton Manning, when he was with the Colts, uh, Jordan Love with the Packers, Aaron Rodgers with the Packers, um, Drew Brees with the Saints, et cetera, et cetera. The average number of opportunities like that, where you have that good a chance of winning with the ball in the fourth quarter in a divisional round game or later. So divisional round championship or Super Bowl, the average number you get is three. Even the 75th percentile, you know, higher than 75% of them is three. You get about three of these chances. Looking back, yes, Aaron Rodgers had nine of these opportunities where, you know, he had the, they had the game in control with the ball in the fourth quarter. And, but you look, Drew Brees with New Orleans, he only had five of those chances. Phillip Rivers with the Chargers only had two. Andrew Luck only had one. He got his one and only chance in terms of being in a position like the Packers were in on Saturday. You gotta capitalize. You just have to. You cannot afford to let opportunities like that slip behind you because you never know if you're gonna get another chance at it. You never know if you're gonna have the Niners right where you want them in the rain Um, missing one of their best offensive players in a negative game script. You've been holding the run well. Brock Purdy is missing his players. He's throwing, trying to throw the ball to you. And you just didn't capitalize. And it's really frustrating because, yes, big picture, there's a lot of reason for optimism. But nothing is guaranteed. Nothing is guaranteed. You, you, yeah, can I, I can't believe can I, can I add they something let this, to, I just can't, I just want to close. I can't believe they let them off the hook, man. They had them. They had them. They let them off the hook. But what I would say, it's at least fun to have a team that gets these opportunities. There yes. are some teams that just don't. And, you know, and so that's just like, you never get anywhere and you never get to enjoy some moments. It's nice to have a team where you can enjoy some of these moments. It's true. But the counter argument is like when you have, like when these soul crushing moments start to stack (laughs) up, they're the ones you remember. And this one is softened a little bit because, you know, they're 10 and a half point. Here's the thing. You tell me before the game, you're going to lose by three points and you're going to give them a run for their money. I'd be like, heck yeah. Like that's, you can build to that. Like, that's building momentum. But when you blow a lead in the fourth quarter and you have, you're the better team for like the whole game almost. But settling for field goals twice, not getting a fourth down on, you know, maybe not getting a fourth down conversion, <laughs> I guess. According I, I to think certain it's... people, they did not get that fourth down somehow. Who knows? Uh, but like, I think it could still be a building moment. But, but it's, you are, to me, it is less positive. It's, it's not positive momentum anymore when you fall apart in the fourth quarter like that. Like, it is in some ways because you were the better team than the number one seed and the team who's probably going to win the Super Bowl. But if you were the better team, just win the game. Just win the game and the path is so open. If you but I think there's a path close. for the Packers to be even better in it's, the next couple of years than I, they were. I think the, well, I, I didn't say it's guaranteed. I think there's a but reasonable that's the, path. That's, a reasonable that's my path. that's my exact argument though is nothing is guaranteed. You got to no, take advantage not, of the but, moment. But there are reasonable paths and unreasonable paths. It's like it's okay, true. it's a reasonable path for them to improve next year and the year after because of the way the contracts are structured to the players, majority of players who are on the team right now. And that may not have been the case for some of those teams that fell. They may have like I don't remember like I feel like well, like the, so the, the Jags, they like lost a lot of their star defenders pretty quickly from that team. Yes. And they were an expensive defense and they had, you know, Blake Bortles at quarterback. But you got scenarios like the, the Andrew Luck Colts. Like, I'm sure they thought they were going to be like, yeah, I mean, yeah, doing great. Yeah, things could and not work true. out. But I think there's a decent chance and I think a reasonable chance that they're going to be better next year than this year. I'm and, not talking and, about, I'm not talking and about the year them. after that than this year. I'm not, but yeah, but here's, here's the thing in, so I have two things. I'm not trying to be like super doom and gloom. I'm just very annoyed about and angry about this loss. And the fact that you, they, they just, 
you don't get a lot of opportunities like that. And so you got to take advantage of it. But my, I guess my, my second point is like nowadays, young players are contributing at a rate that is higher than ever before in terms of like first year players can be key contributors on Super Bowl like teams. Do you think about um, Antoine Winfield and Tristan Wirfs uh, with the Buccaneers, right? Mm-hmm. You think about this year, you think about the Lions and Sam Laporta and Jameer Gibbs. And so, yes, the Packers are a very young team. But, you know, sometimes in the modern NFL, these rookie players are like out of the box. They are the player that they are. And growth, like, is not always guaranteed. I mean, and I don't like, like, again, I don't want to just focus on the negatives, but I'm just very frustrated by this loss and the fact that they let a golden opportunity slip through their fingers. And yes, it's good to be optimistic, but it, nothing is guaranteed because no, you look no, at, there's but, no guarantee, but I think it's, I also don't think it's like so unlikely that they're going to be this good or even better but in the next might, three year might window. Be, they might be, I'm not saying they're not going to be better. Whether they're better or not, regardless, they might never get an opportunity like that again. They could be, I've seen better teams than this Packers team not get as close to winning a key divisional round game as they did on Saturday. Like I've seen, I would argue, you know, the the 2019 Packers, the 2020 Packers that lost to Tampa, like those teams were better than this Packers team. But that 2020 Packers team was not as close to a Super Bowl as this Packers team was today. Because if they beat, San Francisco, I I mean, they already beat the Lions. They've already beaten them once. That team, that 2020 team, was a better team than this Packers team, but they were not as close to a Super Bowl as this Packers team. And so that's the thing is well, they might have I mean, a better team you, in a you year could or two. Say that they, you could say that they literally were. by a, In terms of weeks, yes, but they were playing against a Tampa team that just mopped the floor with them earlier in the year earlier in the season and then they beat them again by like what 14 by two scores essentially they didn't actually but they were up two scores late we kicked a field goal and then we didn't get a stop and it, that well, game had were, a lot I, of chaos we, we were down were we down, were we down by eight we were down eight yes we needed right we, we that's why we needed to but go we for it we essentially needed a miraculous comeback i guess is what i'm saying and we had three picks in that game so we had a lot that of turnover luck that we didn't score on exactly but my point is, I think that you would, I would argue that this team was closer to the Super Bowl in terms of, I think they could win next week. Like, I think they would have had a better chance of winning next week than that team did against beating Tampa, even though that Packers team was better. Well, we're making a lot of, ho- you know, that's a lot of guesses about what happened next week. That's a lot of ifs and ends and buts. Because but it's, guess- it's not like, it's not like we, you know, looked that great the first time we played uh, the Lions. It's true, but we did beat the Lions. As opposed yes, to that Tampa team, our one sample our two, our one sample size was getting beat by like thirty, and then the second one was you know that like it was a tight ish. That was a weird game. That was a really weird game. Yeah, um, it was because you know we yeah, anyway. Up the big let's not let's let's. Well, it's the thing is this episode is half therapy anyway, so who cares? Um, but it, anyway, it's I guess, a, it's a, it's catharsis. Yeah, I guess to wrap it up, you know, I am excited about watching this team in like the coming years and all the players growing. But I'm just frustrated because, you know, that's a golden opportunity and there, you don't get that many of those. Uh, it's just so frustrating. But anyway. Yeah, but I think I think the answer to that is, like, doesn't, like, every almost every team let some of those slip? Yeah, but you still, you still can't really afford to. I mean. You'd rather not. But I'm just saying yeah. you don't get a lot of opportunities like that. And you just got, you have to capitalize on the ones you get. And it's just really frustrating when you don't. But anyway, let's get into talking about this game. I'm sure that'll help. Um, <laughs> let's start with injuries. Well, this is like, you know, it's like passing. This is talking about this game is gonna be like passing a kidney stone. Uh, We're going to yeah. get it done. And it's going to be painful in the, pro- in, in, in the moment. And then you'll feel better when you're done, when it's done. Trust me. I would me. like to be, I know. Under. I would like to be put under for the passing of oh. this kidney stone. <laughs> I was put under both times. Thank you very much. They That's asked me if saying. I wanted to be caught. Con- they asked so, me if I wanted to be conscious. And I was so like, what no, you're saying, I don't want so to be you're conscious. you're talking about passing a kidney stone, <laughs> and you have never 
you have never passed a kidney stone like w- like without being. <laughs> do you want to do you want to take right. a nap? You want to take a nap while we finish this episode? All right, all right. Let's okay. <laughs> let's talk about this game. Um, injury report first. Um, start with the bad stuff. You know, Zach Tom left with a concussion. Um, they had like the independent person called him off. Uh, and he did not return, so that sucks. Um, I did think they really missed him out there. Although he wasn't playing, he wasn't playing amazing. But I think they especially missed him in the run game. Once you could tell the difference, you know, after he had to leave. Yeah, that, uh, that, I mean, Jair, I think that's, I think that's the, the 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 telling point. Yeah, Jair um, aggravated his ankle, but he did go back in, and then Quay Walker had cramps, and he also went back in. Um, so those are the injury report for the Packers side. Um, Packers lose 24 to 21. I don't know if we mentioned that, but uh, they lose on. <laughs> it may have been obvious. At least yeah. something something bad happened. We didn't get the score, but they lost. Um, but they lost a close one. They lost one where, you know, they led most of the second half, oftentimes by a whole touchdown, had opportunities to put it away and didn't. Um, it is what it is, you know. But anyway, uh, game breakdown. Biggest moment of the game was uh, interception on the last drive by Love. Changed the winning percentage from 76.5% San Francisco to 99.5% San Francisco. A swing of 23%. Pretty much that drive, he just, we all know, like, he needs to throw it away there, but it is what it is. Yeah. He went a little um, too little too far on that yeah. last throw. And he talked right? about it. And that's he what everybody said, to, too. It's like... He, he talked about it. He said, uh, you know, that's the mortal sin, like, throwing late across your body in the middle of the field. I remember seeing that. I was like... I. I can't, I have no idea what he's, th- I, I th- it felt like he was playing as though they had like, they needed a touchdown. It felt like, and, they were, and there were playing. like 15 seconds left. And they were like, we were right behind him too. It was like, oh my God, I can't believe, we, I can't believe where that ball's going. Oh yeah. We were at the game also listeners. So that was oh, another one thing reason. I would just like to say, you know, I'm going to give a little shout out to section 202. Yeah. They were chill f- fans there at, at, at the, at Levi stadium. They were very, they were very gracious Mostly, they, 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 uh, most. They, I didn't think guys around us were most. No, no, cool they were chill. They were chill. They gave us some ribs. Good some game. Drive ribbing. home safe. You know yeah. that kind of thing after the game. They gave was, us was, some ribbing as we left, which is you know all fair. But, they were they were very not, nice. Not and, not too yeah. bad though. No, not too bad. No, they were they were chill. Um, yeah. Shout out section two hundred two. Um, but no, yeah. So that was tough. Um, that throw especially. I mean, he just needs to throw it away. Obviously, I think he'll learn from that. But it's. It is what it is, I guess. I think at that point, I'm not like, oh, they lost the game because of love. It's like, no, they lost the game a million ways before that. Um, yeah, or, see, that's or the failed, thing. I guess, not lost, but failed to win the game. I failed guess to is how I would actually the win. Play. How's that? Failed to secure the win they, earlier they, when they could well, have. Well, they, they could have won it, and they just kind of, they tighten up sometimes, you know? Yeah. They just so tighten the thing up is, sometimes. By the time that that interception happened, I was like already so far down the... Oh, we're not going to win this game, rabbit hole. I still had a little hope, but it was. I'm surprised that we still had a what, according to ESPN, 25 percent chance of winning. Yeah, I mean, something like that. Because we, we would have need ball. to. Get, it, it blipped up. It, it blipped up a little bit after a couple after those couple completions. It was yeah. lower than that. It was like 71 percent or something when we first got the ball, and then it climbed up a couple notches. I mean, then, probably reverse that because we're talking about San Francisco's win probability, but. Um, I, I, yeah, I'm talking. Yes, yes. When I say up, I meant the Packers' chances. So that seventy six. So it's more like eighty one percent chance was for SF, and then it got came its way down to seventy six percent. But yeah, so I mean, they were down three. They needed a field goal. Who knows with this special teams? I mean, if that was this be is possible. why I felt like so that, that our chances weren't that high. It's like we need a touchdown. I just, I or twenty nine or a twenty nine yarder. I felt more like, you know, I thought we could make the kick, but I, I you know, overtime is always its own special beast, but that's the thing. If you, if you get the kick, it's still overtime. Yeah. But anyway, we've been prattling on for a while. Let's start talking about the offense, dad. Um, but first let's talk about what they're saying. Got any uh, quotes from this game? Yeah. So I was looking uh, from LaFleur's quotes to some of this is um, post game. And maybe some of it was from the presser on Monday. So on, on Jordan Love, he said, like, every situation he's been in, he's learned from it. said, Love forced the pass on the final drive. There was nothing there. And sometimes the best play is a throwaway. It's like, yeah. 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 <laughs> we, yeah but, and then, you know, we talk about, like, the, look at the future. It's like on Tom Clemens, retur- Clemens returning, wants him to return. Still determining if Clemens wants to come back for another year. I'm hopeful. I would really like him back. And we talked about this before. Like, we really would like to have Clemens back. I think he's really made a big difference in Love. and. I'm hoping that LaFleur's hope 
is based on something. Yeah, I don't know how Tom Clements isn't a household name by now, uh, but he should be. And I mean, if you want to retire, man, like I totally get it. But what if you didn't and you just like wrote it out a few more years? <laughs> like, please, it would be very nice. And then, you know, retire for, you know, 15 years. Write a book is what I'm saying. Please write a book about everything that you do with quarterbacks. Write it down and just give it But to start us. it in a year or so. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, start it this next year as you coach. Ooh, and then just be some, give it. It'd be good material for your book if you do it while you're coaching. Exactly. No, but anyway, yeah, they, they could really use Tom Clements back. Um, I do think it's interesting, you know, if Tom Clements decides to retire, do they hire Luke Getze? You know, just released by the Bears. He was their offensive coordinator. He was Green Bay's quarterback coach before Tom Clements. Just something that I'm kind of putting out there. I wouldn't love the move. I would rather promote from within from within there. But and I would I would much rather Clements stay. Uh that's like obviously priority one. But anyway, let's start talking about the offense, Dad. Uh do you want to start with good or bad? You know, I don't think it matters. <laughs> we can do All either right. way. Well, I don't even have that much good. You know, we started so negative on the pod. Let's Start with the bad so we can end with the good, I guess. Or let's start with the good. We'll go good, bad, bad, good on defense. Uh, for me, the good, um, I had two things. They were decently clean procedurally during this game, despite, you know, being at a very loud stadium away on the road in the rain. And uh, you have to oh, use the side count. crazy loud there. And that last drive. That last drive was crazy. I mean, it was a, earlier it was 125 decibels. I was looking at it on the screen. It's like, and then after that, that flat, when they got that last drive, so I was like, Man, this is much louder than it was. I don't even know what the what the count was on there. Yeah. Um, but, you know, just one five-yard penalty on the day, and it was a, an illegal man downfield. So, you know, pretty clean on the day. And then um, Jordan Love, you know, handled pressure pretty well, I would say. You know, he was pressured 14 times on the day per PFF uh, and didn't take a sack. Didn't take one sack, which, you know, is pretty decent. You know, eliminating those negative plays is pretty important. Um obviously you know you'd like him to not have those couple of turnovers under pressure so that's why i want to say like you know did okay under pressure but didn't take sacks at least i would say is a a big positive in this one um but dad positives how do you feel like jordan love played if you want to you know riff on that a little bit what 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 were you thinking it was a tale of two halves and i'll I'll just go into this um though it's some good some bad i had my things that made us think but i can jump into it now so his on target throw percentage i got this from uh, fantasy life for the season it was 71.2 percent so by my count just looking at the the, the plays in quarters one through three his on-target throw it was 81 percent 17 to 21 and then in the fourth quarter he was only on target for five of nine yeah which is still like so, guess 55 percent but yeah so quite a bit lower than his season season rate yeah yeah and one of those throws you know i it was well to me that the off of targets them, was was the off of uh Dobbs fingertips where it was a super I, I tough throw. I thought he could have caught and, it. Do, did, could you see on the the, the slow mo whether or not he could have caught that? I thought I I should have done a little bit more like freeze frame, but I I feel like it was too much out on the tips of his fingertips to realistically think he could have gotten it. Okay, so I, I so I, I I gave that one to Dobbs. For, I mean, sorry. On love rather than Dobbs, um, it was a tough throw because of the defender in front of him. So it's kind of tough to give a off-target throw on on that one. But so that that's one of the four off-target there out of those nine. Yeah, I mean, wait. I mean, you can always just uh, excuse around and and make it all work. Because like I'm thinking about the third down when they have the ball before the missed field goal, and they check at the line, and then they hike it and suddenly Yash Nyman has to block two guys at once. And right. He, he just ends throws up it in the middle and it lands, it lands to nobody. Yeah. And he ends up blocking like Nyman ends up having to block two guys. He ends up blocking neither of them. And yeah. that, that was, that was one of the off target that, that ended up being one of the off target ones too, because it went to nobody, yeah. but he had misses too. you know, the third and two to Aaron Jones, it just it leaves it behind him. And then yeah, he left th- that the, was, they did, they weren't on this. The, the that was a tr- at least what I've heard is they weren't on the same page. Like not that Love missed down. the target, he thought he was going to sit down while I Jones. Thought, kept I thought moving. he might have. Yeah, but that's and that's the op. That's different from the off target to Kraft, where he, he just too. plain just missed his target and, and threw that, it But that's him. one of those ones where yes, it's a miss, but man, it hurts that that got tipped in the air and got picked. 
Those like that should just be an incompletion. So hard where the uh, ball just pops up in the air. It's like okay, there it is, yeah. like a balloon catch. waiting for somebody fair, to catch it. Call fair catch at that point. Yeah, oh, it's just man. so unfortunate. It's like, yeah, if only like went off his hand and went down instead of up. It's like if Kraft had worse reflexes, he wouldn't yeah, have reached those for are, the time, and it wouldn't those, have popped those in the interceptions air. like almost oh. always hurt the most when you see those like boop. Yeah, and, oh man. Um. Any other uh, positives or because yeah, in the first three quarters, I thought he played pretty well. I did think the Packers' offense, even in the second, well, mostly after the first three drives, <laughs> well, really benefited from some circumstances in terms of a massive PI, and then they had you know, the several massive returns. PIs. But uh, you know, and and people like Niners fans complaining about the number of t- calls. No, but at the but same time, take... they're getting s- smacked in the back, and they probably would catch it. You got to take tackled. each play on its own merits. It's like. Like, that's definitely pass interference. He ran right through him. Definitely pass interference. He wrapped him up for the ball. And each one was clear. I mean, one of those pass interferences took away a touchdown. Because Dobbs had him smoked. I think it was the first pass yes. interference. And I'm watching he that. Was was like, gone. He was gone. Yeah, he grabbed and tackled him. And him. He did the right play. He just yeah, tackled no. him because he was burnt to a crisp. Yeah. It's but just, yeah, those are ob- I mean, yes, yeah, so the Niners fans can complain all they want about that. <laughs> you know, the number of penalties, but just look I at mean, the individual plays. Are any one of those a play you would complain about? It's like, the only no, one I cannot... would, com- the only one I would complain about is Owens. Uh, Owens really selling that personal foul on. Oh, um, that Trent Williams. On Trent Williams. <laughs> he sold that thing. It's like he got hit by a ton of bricks. I, I know Trent Williams is big and strong. But, he is uh, kind of a ton of bricks. Yeah, but no, maybe I, if I he tapped, think... tapped one of us like that. Okay. We'd fall over, but Hey, two thumbs up, my guy. That's 15 <laughs> yards right there. That's great. Um, but no, yeah. Um, for me, though, I, oh, have I, I had positive I, else? I have Go another ahead. positive. Like, So Aaron Jones was the first 100-yard rusher against San Francisco in, what was it, like 30 games? I totally missed it. I, was, I, I know forgot to get the point. number in there. And I, and I left myself a little underlying blank in my notes to, oh, I need to fill this in and go back and check it out. Guess what I did? Ah, Guess what homework that. I didn't finish? Well, while you it was, t- while it, you talk, I could I could I could rip out a little query really quick if you want. But you probably um, get a query out fast enough. But that was that, was, and they flashed it up during the game too about how long that it'd been a, a a large number of games, double well into the double digits since somebody has had a hundred yard game against San Francisco, and maybe even a couple seasons. So I'll give oh, a shout out for that. Yeah, and I I thought the run game was pretty not but not great on the day. Like I'll talk about that in a second. I did want to say though for Jordan Love, just to, I wanted to tack a couple things on really quick. You know, I thought the throw to that throw to Dobbs, the first one on the left. Oh my! On the goodness. left sideline where he gets the toes oh in. My goodness! I heard somebody say this is exactly the play. Who was it? Was it like is it Perry Goldstein? I can't remember who said this. Now it was just like the Rodgers to uh, um, Cook. Oh, Cook! Yeah, where he's kind of he has to flip his hips at the last. Yeah, no, and he's like just a little toes down while he's. Oh, yeah. yeah and the, the guy the, right somebody, on somebody made a comparison that the same, like, rolling left, twisting and throwing it down the left sideline. But I did think that was kind of indicative of, like, I thought all of his attempts looked, like, super high degree of difficulty. I mean, there were a couple where he was really open. There were a couple earlier, I think you remember, where the Niners defenders where, kept falling Where over. the Niners player just fell down in the, in the, on, on the, the slick turf. There were, a few, there were a few of those where they just ate it. And those were, like, easy completions. But... Well, there's the, the one to Dobbs where he just to... – and oh, I guess maybe Reed, somebody else had one where um, – but then then the other one that was really, really wide open was just a, a good route concept of Reed following underneath – I forget if it was Musgrave or Kraft who pulled the defender with him and just left this open void over on the right side. Yeah, but I, I thought a lot of high, de- uh, high degree of difficulty throws, like may- – and maybe sometimes he made them a little harder than he had to. Um, he did, though, per Rob Domofsky, I wanted to add this – like all season, he's he's killed it in the middle of the field. This game was a bit of a struggle. He was only nine of sixteen for thirty three yards, and uh, t- both of his picks came to the middle of the field. So that was that was something that I think the Packers offense as a whole struggled to attack, and that is like a tough part of the defense. You it know, with Fred str- Warner and Drake Greenlaw on them. Yo, yeah, that's one of the strongest parts of their defense. But it felt like we were, at, I like by the end of the game, we could only throw out like out routes, like quick outs. Don't, don't oh, you feel like by the end of the game we were crazy throwing... about like a zero yard quick out? Well, that one was that one's very annoying. That that was actually the drive that ended up with a pick, um, but the first pick. But the I just felt like by the end of the day our offense was just like quick out like 
just throw to the out, throw to the sideline, throw to the sideline. Like it felt like we just stopped trying stuff in the middle of the field. Um, and like, yeah, I don't remember when we last threw a ball over the middle. Of course, on the last possession, you're not going to. Well, they had, but they could. They actually, they did want to craft. They had three timeouts. They had, they had the mean, three timeouts, so they had the whole field available. But yeah, but um, and then the last guess, play is like, I wish you had thrown it to the sideline. Yeah, and that's the thing is like, I felt like a lot of those attempts to the middle ended up being more out of structure. Like the one to craft was out of structure. The one to Jones was out of structure. The one that pick at the end was out of structure. So yeah, yeah. but. The negatives that I had, you know, I thought the run offense was um, not great, um, especially on a going down against down to down basis. Yeah, you go over your notes about about that. Yeah, I mean, you're going against a team who had weaknesses defending the run. We talked about that in terms of, you know, they were more middle of the pack defending the run by like EPA per play and success rate, um, and actually, you know, 26th on the season in EPA per play, I believe, defending the run. So you could run on them, and even we cut it down, and we talked about different segments of the season in the preview. If you want to go listen to it, but you you could run on them. And besides that one massive run from Aaron Jones, which was an awesome run of 53 yards and, you know, should have been on some highlight clips, man. But uh, besides that, you know, Packers running backs had just 71 yards on 21 carries, 3.38 yards per carry. Um, Specifically between the tackles per next-gen stats, they had just 10 attempts for 17 yards, you know, fewer than than two yards a carry on uh, attempts between the tackles. So, you know, interior was not getting much push at all. I thought Elton Jenkins really struggled in this game. Um, you know, Josh Myers had, was decent pass blocking. I think PFF had him really, as really good pass blocking and kind of mediocre to slightly below average run blocking. Um, but specifically, you know, I just want to take a look at, you know, Aaron Jones, second half carries. Um, and it's not just on him. I think it's on the blocking too. I mean, he did have like, he had ones where he slipped and ones where he, I think cut back maybe a little early, but then there were other ones where it's just like, what is he supposed to do? And here is second half carries. He had seven of them, two yards. One yard that was on third and one. He did he did get the first zero yards, three yards, negative one yards, fifty three yards. That one big one, and then one yard. So seven second half carries. Only one went for more than three yards. That's a really tough place to live in as an offense when you just can't run the ball. And so that was really tough. Um, and the whole fourth quarter, like you said, I think the first three quarters per NFL fast star they had point one nine seven EPA per play, and then in the fourth quarter is negative point three nine three. And even if you took out the two picks, I think it was negative 0.215, if I remember correctly, if I have that written down right. Um, so that fourth quarter, they just really fell apart. Multiple high leverage misses like that Aaron Jones third and two, where they weren't on the same page. Um, protection not getting set right on that third down, uh, like we talked about, where, you know, misses kind of just throwing it away. Um, and then the offensive line, I mean, I, like no one on the offensive line had a particularly good day, I guess is how I would put it. Like even... Tom and Elton really, I think, struggled at times. I mean, Elton gave up four pressures, was the most on the line. That's really tough. Zach Tom gave up two pressures. Nyman had three on just 18 pass blocking snaps. I mean, I think you have something about the pressures allowed, right? Yeah, so Love in this game was pressured on 40% of his dropbacks um, compared to a season average of only 30. But the other thing is about how he performed under pressure was a huge difference too. On the season, his... um, Passer rating was 80.3 when pressured, but this game was 34.8. And that's what throwing two picks will do for your uh, yeah pressure. But he also had, you know, as he, as pressure started, you know, increasing in the second half, his overall performance went down. And they just got, so put, they got on, put in on, a lot of negative, like, like okay. They're having trouble on first and second down. That's something they, I should have looked at is like they're just anything. their first and second down performance. Yeah. But, uh, the red zone offense. So the first three possessions, the Packers offense was actually moving. You know, they they made some third down conversions. They pushed the ball downfield, got into the red zone, three straight possessions to start the game, and came away with a grand total of six points out of three red zone trips. And on this and on the game, they ended up only two for five in the red zone. Now is that you know that's a big big part of uh, what happened. And the other thing that happened to them for the offense is because inability to sustain a longer drive in the second half of any kind. So Green Bay's last, so, so not not counting the the sort of desperation mode last possession, which you know is going to be quick move of the ball. The four drives before that took 12 minutes and 51 seconds. So for about, about three minutes and 12 seconds per possession after having in the first half, Three drives. Let's not, to throw out the uh, one play kneel down. That's not a real drive. 
But three drives for 16 minutes and 50 seconds. So those drives were five minutes and 37 seconds per drive. So full, like almost two and a half minutes more per drive. This helped contribute to how many possessions San Francisco got in the second half. They got six second half possessions, not counting the kneel down at the end, after only getting three possessions in the first half. So that just gave them more chances to put the ball up and get, and uh, not let the Packers run clock and short and shorten the game because they just couldn't maintain a drive. And the other, and so we already talked about love splits in the fourth quarter versus the first three quarters in his on target throws. So they had a few things where the offense just and, and some of these things like the Aaron Jones' second half runs and Love's fourth quarter passing and their you know, overall EPA per play. You know how much of that was correlated with the the line performance after Tom went down. We'll never know. We'll never know. I mean. Tom was playing okay. I thought he was having an all right game. He wasn't noticeably bad, but by the numbers, you know, he still gave up. He was better in, he was more important to their run blocking than their pass blocking in this game. I would say, like you were saying. Yeah. And then the, and the run blocking really dried up after he, after he had to leave. Yeah. And you know, that's one where I, I almost feel like I'm wishing I'm looking more at what, I wonder what San Francisco changed. You know, what, like, did they change? Did they tell their like second level guys to play it differently? I wonder because, yeah, like they that second were, half, they just couldn't move the ball at all. Like it was. Oh, it was you really remember all those plays we watched? Like, oh, look, he's got like it looks like he's got an opening. How come he only ended up with like two, one or two yards? Yeah, the with, second uh, level, the, the way the second level was filling in the hole, they just could not block these guys on the second level, and it was really I frustrating. Think that, that's it. It's like they, the the offensive linemen were not climbing to the second level and 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 clearing the way in the second half. Yeah, I mean. <sighs> it's one of those one of those games, huh? Um, yeah. Anything else on the offense you wanted to touch on, Dad, or should we move to the defense? No, let's anything move to the defense. Okay. I think. What, what I are think they saying? I think on... I had all, all my notes. What are they saying what are they on defense? Saying? So I found this, uh, according to uh, Jason Hershorn, um, from that Matt, uh, quote from Matt LaFleur. Um, I, think this was, I think this might have been right after the game. And he said, I thought it was fantastic referring to the defense. Certainly, you'd like to get a stop at the end, and that's one of the best offenses in this league, one of the best football teams in this league, LaFleur said. And so that was people saying, well, well, I guess he's like happy with uh, Barry's job. Though today in his interview, he held back from supporting Barry right away. Unlike last, so said, well, I got to look, and we we're still assessing things. It's really early. Got to take my time and go through it all. This is different from last year, where he basically said, yeah, I anticipate him coming back next year. He said at the, the the post game interview after last season, so we'll see what happens with that in terms of the where where the defense goes. Yeah, I mean it's going to be the talk of the next week or two, right? Like that is going to be the yeah. discussion around if, Green Bay. If he decides to move on, what do you don't think? Take forever. What do you think he's going to do? That's the thing. Is like I feel like, and I'll I, tell you, I what, am like fifty fifty. I don't know. Which way it's going to go? I feel like he's going to keep him because you just he's. I think he, the default is he wants to keep him, and so I think. I mean, you could argue he's shown enough over the last two weeks where it's so like he, you played against question. the two best. You played against the two best, two of the three or four best offenses in the league, and you held them down like with with honestly not the most talented defense. So like, but did did Joe Barry actually? Did he really do better? LaFleur what do you knows. Mean, or did LaFleur like take over and did do LaFleur it all for say, him? this is what you're going to do? LaFleur, they started getting better when LaFleur said he was going to spend more time in the defense room. Does that, I don't LaFleur think that should impacts... know if all of that improvement is because of what he did and not because of what Barry did. I don't think that matters because if it's what he did, he's going to be like, Barry is really good at communicating Listening my to me. message to the <laughs> communicating my message to the players like he is really good at translating what i am telling like what i want out of the defense to the players and i think that's you know what he's that would be the argument for him where he's like yeah i can still keep barry even if it's just because i was saying what to do right i wish that wasn't the standard how's that me too value but added you want somebody who's going to add value to the team okay well here's the question though you know they played the best offenses in the league, like pretty okay. 
Okay, here's the thing. It's really struggled against the bad, the bad ones. That's, that's what it drives you crazy. Is they're, they're it's really like they look bad. terrible against the bad QBs. We okay. got toasted by Tommy DeVito. I think it's two questions. It's one. Is I I'm I can't believe I'm saying this, but one, what if, and is it possible that Joe Barry's style of defense is just better against good quarterbacks and worse against bad quarterbacks? And this two, is the, this is the swordsman uh, argument two, you're telling me. But two, if that's the case, is it worth it? Because honestly, you could. I think you can make a strong argument that defense played really like mostly pretty well against San Francisco. And it's a defense that is flawed in terms of bad safeties and missing corners and a linebacker short. And they did they did about as well against they forced San Francisco to punt four times. And it was on ten possessions. And no teams besides Seattle twice and Cleveland forced them to punt on a higher percent of possessions. So and that we all good. know what and we all know what they did to Dallas two weeks ago. So Here's where my worry is: is was the San Francisco thing just because it was raining? Because that's this that's is, that's a, a counterargument. This is what happened, I think, two years ago. They gave all this credit to Barry's job and how good the defense looked, and it was entirely weather driven. How bad the Niners' offense was that game it had nothing to do with um, Barry's coaching or the defensive performance. But they gave all the credit to Barry and brought it back. That's fair. And I worry that they might do that again is, I guess I'm not, that's the thing though. They did do really well against Dallas, but it wasn't just Dallas collapsing. I don't know. I was going to say, do, which does Dallas count as one of those good teams? I, the defense has my, like has my head in a pretzel. It has my head in a full Nelson. I don't know what to do with it because I don't think it's, I don't think Joe Barry's the guy for the job, but at the same time, the defense played well enough for them to win this game mostly against a team that we talked about. It's like a historic level offense. And I know they didn't yeah. have Debo and I know it was raining, but at the same time, it's got to like, they, they slowed McCaffrey down. I guess that's my positive here. They, so I'm, let's start with my positives. So they I slowed. Have... Well, I just want to say they slowed McCaffrey down. Mostly they, you know, let him loose for one massive touchdown run for 39 yards and otherwise just 16 carries for 59 yards, 3.69 yards per carry. He did still have a success rate of 47% which was like his season average is 46%. Yeah, I, I have that little note so, there that that's that the success, he, rate, success rate is basically rate was still the season expected. Pretty good. But you did not let him get those big explosive runs, which is what he's known for. I mean, here's a guy but who his, had like his, a... His, the, the Niners' rush EPA, though, was like 0. 0.187 for the game compared to the regular season average. Well, yeah, um, that's what happens when 0. you have... 0. 0, but, that, 3, 4. but that's what happens when you have two rushing touchdowns and only 18 carries or 17 carries, Yeah, right? Like that, yep. like that's going to happen. But I thought they defended the run pretty well outside of like one or two plays. Speci like the two touchdown runs were like the two where I was like, damn, they just did not get did where not they needed to the get. Tackle. Yeah. Didn't. Yeah. The tackling was bad. You can talk about the tackling. That was, that was legitimately terrible. Yeah. Do, you want, do you want to do bad first and end with a few yeah, good yeah. things? Let's, I don't have a the, whole lot of good things. And, and I, I, I actually made this kind of short overall. Uh, Okay, official position, um, I think they should move on from Joe Barry, but I don't think they're going to. And I could pretzel my brain into a way where I kind of understand the decision. <laughs> if you were, we had pretzel, we got full Nelson, sleeper hold, figure sleeper four, hold, any I other don't know. Uh, arm bar, I don't know. Suplex? My, yeah. But all I know is I, I, I don't want to see it, but I can kind of see a way where you can make that argument where it's like, oh, they're doing well against the best teams, but I don't, I don't trust it. I don't trust it. But anyway, bad stuff, Dad. Bad tackling. Bad a few things. What do you got? Yeah, so um, I already talked about like the the EPA per play thing, but on third and fourth downs, the the Niners' rushing success rate was one hundred percent for the game. It's not great. That's no bueno. It's not great. Um, once again, as you mentioned, they're unable to get the last stop, giving up a long clock killing yeah. touchdown drive it's like i would rather they get a bomb in 30 seconds and they were three for three on third down in that drive yeah third and on a drive and where third, on a drive where they needed a touchdown so if you stopped them on just one of those yep and 15 missed tackles on the game the game yeah. we said we, we would like to see some good tackling in this game yeah you you could see i mean that's the thing with the niners that's like they're very tough at that but 
They're really, yeah. yeah, they're really good. And it was wet. You know, I think you're like, it's got to be just slipping off but, people. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Um, so those are the things I didn't want to go too much into it, but that, yeah. that was, that was the things that I had as, as bad things. So yeah. For me, it was, you know, the third downs was really tough. I mean, you let the Niners go 10 of 16 on third down, 62 and a half percent. Um, their season average is 47 and a half percent. You'd expect them to get eight. You let them get two extra on top of that. And you let them go four of five on third down in the fourth quarter. Four Ooh, of that's five gotta hurt. on third down in the fourth quarter. And your only stop was on third and 10. Yeah, no, I'm back on the, they, they need to move on from Barry. <laughs> they, cause you've got to, I mean, I feel like they need to move on from Barry, but yeah, I'm you have to get a sure. stop there. When I say I'm 50%, I'm 50% on whether they will. You have not to whether get a, they should. You have to get a stop there. I just oh, think you've got to have, and, and this is the thing where the worst case scenario is letting them grind out a long drive for a go-ahead touchdown. This is where you be aggressive, you try to get a sack or force a bad throw or turn or something, and if you give up a long bomb, you get the ball back with plenty of time to march down and take the game yourself. I don't know that many people would agree with you on that one, though. When it's when, <laughs> but it's be a, aggressive anyway. Yeah, but they they were. That doesn't necessarily passive. mean like somebody they, totally hung out to dry by themselves, a la, you know. Yeah, that's Kevin the, King. Mike Patton. I was gonna say the Mike Patton, Kevin King, but no, that doesn't yeah, mean quite that aggressive. Yeah, especially yeah. when you when you're leaving the guy who's left out on an island is somebody you know is injured coming into the game and can yeah. barely run. It's not Kevin King's fault that he got put in that position. That was, yeah, that sucked. That sucked for Kevin King, too. Yeah. No, the, I thought the D-line was pretty good in this game. I, I didn't have there any other negatives. Plays, did, you have any other, like, did you have any other negatives? Well, I'll, I, I should, oh, for any, any negatives? Um, nah, that's all I want to talk about for negatives. Okay. All right. Uh, positives. What'd you have? Anything more? So I'll go, um, they held the Niners to only, like 53% of their – so I should say their their dropback EPA was only like 0. 0.159 for the game compared to 0. 0.298 for the season. So it was like only half as good as they usually are on their dropback uh, EPA. So that's good. Um, uh, you know what they'll do? I, I want to – I'll give a – I, I do think though – I do think though that – that dropback EPA stat was heavily influenced by, I mean, Purdy just missed a lot. Purdy's inability think, to hold on to the ball, whatever the reason was, why he was thro- overthrowing and missing. Well, something I missed was that he started the game with the glove on and then took it off. I saw that in the rewatch. I, I did missed not, that. And I was watching it and I rewatched like, oh, they just said he'd started with a glove and decided to take it pretty early in the game too. He yeah, took his the first glove drive off. or something took the glove off. But yeah, a lot of those were Because he had... He had balls flying all over the place in this game, except when it really mattered on third and ten. And hey, he's throwing this, this if pristine it had kept, ball. If it had kept raining, I think they could have they been did okay. Get, it was, it they was kind of bad. And then it started they, pouring rain on our drive. <laughs> their Dumping last scoring drive, the rain stopped. And then as soon as they kicked it off, it's just coming down in buckets on the Packers' last assist. But I guess like Carl Hobbs. I mean, sorry, Hobbs. Hobbs. It's like, what movie am I talking about? Brooks um, looked really good. Uh, four pressures, four hurries, and on only 16 pass rush sta- snaps. Yeah. Ah, man, they just couldn't quite get home enough. Because that yeah. was a mismatch they, there. They the couldn't D-line... quite close. They're getting hurries, but not sacks. Not yeah, enough and sacks. I, I had some nice stats from Next Gen Stats. Um, they put together a essentially pass rush, you know, average separation from the quarterback. Uh, the league league average is four and a half yards, four point five four to be specific. Every single one of the Packers was below that league average in terms of uh, average yards of separation from the quarterback. Preston Smith uh, led the team; he was three point four three yards on average from the quarterback. That was also better than any Niner on the day. Gary was at three point seven eight. Clark was at four point oh one. Oh, so y when you say less than average, you mean better? Better than average? Yes, yes. They were all better than average. Um, the average is, like I said, near four and a half, and they were all closer to the quarterback than four and a half yards on average for each pass rush. So they were either. And so that I like that stat because it takes into account also like pocket collapsing. And it's they did a, more, a good job. I was like, sometimes there's one play, I think where I'm watching when the rewatch, I'm watching Slayton push the center back into him. And then he's like, slows up to like jump up to try to bl- block the pass. Cause Purdy's just getting ready to throw it. It's like, 
oh man, just keep bulldozing that guy and shove him into Purdy just, while he's yeah, trying to throw it instead of trying to jump him. up yeah. and block it. Yeah. I mean, I, that, that was a positive for sure. Um, and then, like I talked about, they held the run down pretty well for a lot of the game, except for a few plays. And, you know, they made them punt four times, and it's a really good offense. So, you know, it's tough. They, they were tough to stop. They're, they're a good team, but you had yeah. them. And, 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 really and fr- Kenny had so a good game. He had four mm-hmm. pressures as well. Yeah. Yeah. It was, and a sack. They, they had including, a good... To say, including a sack. They did a lot of the things that we talked about that they needed to do to win this game. Except, I think, run the ball. I think that was the big one. They they did not run the that, ball well enough. And that it was actually doing well in the beginning. They actually were getting some some surge from the line in the first couple of possessions. And then it just it kind they, of yeah, stopped. They just stopped being able to move the ball at all. I but don't... I, I really liked what they did on that uh, two-point conversion. Yep, yep. That was uh, pretty that, sweet play. Yeah, that was the one to Jones, right, where he just leaked out yeah. of the backfield. Out of, I think they're running like a... Um, behind the, the bunch, the, 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 yeah. the bunch formation... All and running then in he breakers, went, and then he went just and, and right he went where, out right where wide, they were vacating yeah. the space. Yeah, it was nice. All alone. Yeah, there there were definitely some good play calls. I mean, the the Jordan Love hitting the pump fake to open up the ball. Bo Melton, Bo Melton, man. I mean, Bo Melton he just makes plays. I guess it's Bo, Melton, Bo Melton season. Um, but yeah, anything else on the defense though, Dad? Or should we uh, move on to special teams and uh, <laughs> the, the I guess talk about special teams. Special teams. Yeah, I mean. I'm done with the rich. You, want, you, you probably want to start. You probably want to if end the wanna, special teams on a negative. So can I get my positives out of the way first? I mean, they did some good things, but it's just, oh, yeah. it was just chaos. I'm, it was like a house I'm on giving, fire on special teams. It was I'm all over the place. I'm giving a shout out to Eric Wilson for hustling downfield the whole way and diving on Nixon's fumble on the big return. Yeah. Eric Wilson like, can play on my team any day of the year, any day of the week. That was every not day. only did he's like, run downfield to stay in the play and just be in position, but to dive there and pick it up clean on a bouncing football. Yeah, that was a that was a heck of a play. Um and you know and they have Kobe the Wood with the block. Yep. Yeah. But the, it's just a house on fire because like and you know the massive return before Eric Wilson recovers that fumble. And then Keyshawn fumbles and then Eric Wilson falls on it. And then you got you're blocking the kick and then I mean we gotta talk about it. Forty one yarder to make it a seven point game. Um yep. they miss. Uh I thought Orzik had Orzik had snapping issues earlier in the game too. He bounced one of the uh, early field goals to Carlson. Luckily, Carlson that was a 20, only it. a twenty-nine yarder. Yep, but he bounced it to him, um, and the snap wasn't. I mean, the snap was was fine. It was good enough. It wasn't great, but it was good enough on the forty-one yarder. On the forty-one yarder for Carlson yeah, to make. Yeah, it. I didn't see anything that. It, it no, wasn't. There's a great no snap, reason but, for the snap in the hold that would have caused that miss. I mean, yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't like down the middle like you would want it at all. Like it was still on Whelan's body, but. Um, it is what it is. But yeah, Carlson's got to make that. I mean, it's as yeah, simple I mean, as that. My notes on the whole, yeah, so there's that that miss. And, and I put it like institutional failure at all management levels to simply accept this level of kicking. And they, they told us at the beginning of the season that they're willing to accept this level of kicking because well, we're going to go with growing pains. And it's like, there are times for growing pains and times for not. It's like, what about you know other positions you let people you know make you mistakes? Wanna, but do like, you want to know what happened you, when you have a player who's like your uh, who makes mistakes? He's a rookie on a defensive lineman. He's on the bench. But, but do you want to know what happened? What happened was they were like, "Oh, this team is not a kicker away from competing for." Someone actually already wrote this, and I don't know who yeah, it was on Twitter. They I, said I, this, I, and I, I was I was kind of thinking this as well. But they they put it in writing first, and I I think it was Paul Brittle, um, but it might have been Ryan Wood. Um, but whoever it was, shout out to you as well. Uh, they did not think they were a kicker away, and it turns out they were. Yeah, like, like so that that's was, what it was. And, and the problem was they should have realized that a little earlier. Uh, yeah, I think that's. But that's the problem where I think you know they have let that be Basaccia's call, and he made the wrong call. I, I think you know he got the promotion to associate head coach. His special teams was bad all year. They were the most penalized. They were like thirty second in DVOA or, or below thirty in DVOA by the end of the year. They're missing key kicks left and right. I think Carlson, you know, he, he missed a kick his, in ten of his last twelve games. Yeah, exactly. Like bless his in heart. Five but, straight, I think. Yeah, I mean he. So he was tied for last among kickers who lasted the whole season with the team. For a percentage of makes from between forty and forty nine yards. Yeah. Yeah. I mean he, we he found was, the sweet spot. He was one of the worst kickers in football this year. 
and Bisaccia chose to ride it out with him, and I think that's on him, and that's why I think they need to move on from both him and Barry at the end of the year, because I don't see any reason to keep Bisaccia around. Um, it's not like he's put out particularly good special teams units. He's been here two years. He put out the 26th best, I think, by uh, DVOA last year, and then below 30 this year. Um, and it's, I don't... Right. It's not, it's bad to get worse in your second year. Yeah. And like, it's been all his guys. He got a promotion in the offseason. He has some personnel control. He picked the kicker. I mean, he's very high. He's one of the high, most highest, sorry, one of the highest paid special teams coordinators in the league. I mean, like, it, it, it's just what's the, where's the return on investment, I guess, is my question. Like, you're putting all of these resources into special teams and you're not get, you're getting one, you're getting, you're losing games because of it. Like, yeah, we've had several games where we lost by, you know, less than a, f- a field goal or less when we had a missed field goal. Yeah. And when you're the highest paid. That you expect um, results. Spe- or or you, 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 the, the standard is set. You've got to deliver. Yeah. And, and you should be not surprised if you're bad and you're getting paid and you're supposed to be one of the best in the league. I don't think they're that- going to, I don't think they're going to move on from both though. I think that's too much no. overturn in one off season, especially for a team like you're firing both coordinators. You had su- such a successful season. Matt LaFleur is like, yeah, my back is killing me. Um, but <laughs> Matt LaFleur and Jordan Love and the players on the team. Um, we'll see. You know, so, so I think one of the things that LaFleur said in the interview, I think it was today about, well, we're going to interview all the players and the um, assistants and uh, see what people think in the season. And then we'll be making decisions on what we want to do with, staff so we'll see what yeah. happens i mean we'll maybe see. people will be maybe we'll get some honest opinions of what the player i mean we won't we won't ever get them what no. the players think of the coaches but uh maybe that after that we'll see uh what uh what they think yeah but anyway we're getting a little long here dad anything else on special teams you wanted to talk about um or should we move on to player of the game let's move on to player of the game i had trouble right. deciding who'd you have I just went ahead and went with Carl Brooks. Okay. You know, I, I, I'm excited about what Carl Brooks can do in the future. And he had a good game on limited snaps. He only played 16. He played like a, what, less than a, about a quarter of the defensive snaps, but still, he performed when he was in there. You could also go for, you could also go for Kenny if you wanted. Yeah. You know, I think both are, if, are if, you were, pick, if, if you wanted to pick somebody on the defensive side. Yeah. For me, I think I would have to go with Romeo Dobbs, you know, back to back games where he was like, pretty much the best receiver on the field for the Packers and the best offensive option on the field. Uh, you oh, know, in this yeah, game, I saw, like, the difference between him and the next highest uh, yardage total in this game. I mean, he had four catches yeah, for he, 83 yards on six targets, and then the next highest was Jaden Reed with 35 yards. 35, with 35 so he had yards. 48 more yards than the next highest, and, you know, led uh, tied for lead with the team in catches with Jaden Reed. So, I, I mean... Nice catches under, under duress or on the... Toe yeah, tap on the sideline. Right sideline, and you know this is comes a week after dominating the Dallas game. I mean, a lot of speculation was like, you know, I think Watson, like Wicks and Reed are all ahead of Dobbs. Like Dobbs said, yeah, but not Hold yet. My beer, he said, but not yet. But because I, I can still watch this for. Hold a second. my beer, youngin, youngin, you're one who's just one year behind me. Yeah, just one year behind me. I know, right? He's the vet in the room. But anyway, I'm just. I thought he was probably you know their best yeah, weapon throughout the playoffs. It's, it might be fair to say he was their best player on offense uh, um, in this game. Yeah. But anyway, anything else you want to say before we uh, sign off? I think that's it. All right. Well, thank you so much for listening. I forgot to give the spiel earlier because I was being annoyed and angry about this game. Uh, but if you like what you hear here today, come give us a follow on Twitter at Father Son Packer. We tweet out when we have new episodes. Um, we're going to have new episodes still. We're still going to be here. Even though the season is done, we're going to be doing an episode a week through the whole offseason, talking a lot about the draft. It's our probably our favorite time of the year. Be talking about coaching decisions. Be talking about um, if there are any coaching moves made. We'll be talking about them. Don't you worry. Talking about roster moves, free agency, OTAs, minicamp, an episode a week throughout the whole offseason, giving you Packers content. So once again, come yeah. follow us on Twitter at Father Son Packer. And yeah, um, we'll, we'll, we'll be doing our season review. We'll be looking at the free agent market and who we might, who's going to be leaving, who's who we yeah. might be able to add. Like you, and that like comes out in a flurry at like two in the morning. Those first couple the, of nights, it's like all these it's findings. Fun. It's very fun. And then, but... and then there's you know, the, the senior bowl and the combine and figuring out who's looking the shrine bowl. I mean, we like who, who we got might everything be Pro days. moving up the charts into positions that we want. We'll be doing and part of it. Mondays. We'll be looking at, you know, analysis to figure out what positions do we want. Yeah. So that'd I be mean, something we'll be looking at too. There's a lot of, 
And and like I said, this game, very frustrating. They should have had it. It's sad they let that opportunity fall through their fingers. But it's still a very exciting team going forward, and we're going to have a lot of fun talking about it. Once again, at Father Son Packer on Twitter. And then subscribe to us on your podcast platform of choice, whether that's Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify. Um, we even put all our episodes on YouTube, so you can uh, come subscribe to us there as well and check us out. Um, but yeah, anyway, thanks for uh, listening. Oh, one Anything thing, I, I just something we tweeted but didn't mention on, on the air. Thank you, Eli. Yes, thank you, Eli, for the <laughs> getting us very to that game. gift of getting us to that game. It was awesome, uh, even though the result wasn't awesome. Um, but it was still a great experience. It was a fun game. Uh, fun. It was fun to be at the game. Um, but yes, <laughs> so thank you so much for listening, listeners. Um, keep listening to us in the rest of the offseason. And until next time, go Pack Go. Go Pack Go.